Today's guest is Dan Ribrecht, who is director and co-lead for the European Practices for iDiscovery Solutions. And we'll be discussing how can we how can data be an advantage to the CEO? I'm Tony Wood from CEO Collaborative Forum, and let's hear CEO Reflect. Dan, a very warm welcome to you. Hi, Tony, and uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you very much. Now, I was really excited about this one because data is, it's, it's, you know, most people who know me know that I love a bit of data. I love operations and data is like the, the basis of AI, but you're a lawyer and you're into data. So how, how come you, you started moving into data? What's the story behind that? Yeah, it's it, everybody has their 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 unique uh, perspective and 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 unique entry point into the into the world of data and 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 that of a lawyer is 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 no different. Uh, you know, we 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 deal with and operate with uh, electronic systems all over the world, and you know, inevitably, uh, the cases that we work on and and the matters that we're instructed upon. Uh, tend to have a, a data element uh, associated with it. It's where our, our evidence is. It's where our facts are generated from. Uh, there are very specific types of cases that, that are really and truly driven through uh, the digital world. And, uh, and I sort of came to it, uh, you know, a little bit by accident. You know, I mean, my background was, was that of an environmental lawyer. Uh, I studied and and really focused in on on the the sort of environmental aspects of, of the legal uh, system, uh, but really was working at a time where uh, much of that work was uh, a bit dispersed uh, across the United States, uh, okay. and uh, found myself working at a at a law firm in Washington D.C. Uh, that was international in its perspective, that had many different areas of the law. Uh, that it focused in on, but primarily uh, was uh, dealing with large-scale corporate matters uh, and uh, dealing with investigations, whether it be internal um, sort of compliancy audit type uh, investigations or regulatory in nature through uh, the, the various authorities uh, from around the world. Um, and I really benefited from, you know, working with a team of lawyers that were tasked inside the firm to not just understand the, the sort of legal side uh, of the arguments being made, but really helping drive the, the technology that, that identified the, the facts associated with those types of cases. Um, so very much at an early stage in my career, I was uh, really presented with and, and asked to understand uh, the various tools at our disposal and, and the technologies that, that could drive uh, the, the matters that we were working on. Um, and very quickly, I started to realize that, you know, these sorts of advantages uh, really turn data into a strategic element to, to any of the matters that, that we worked on. Um, you can tell from my accent, I, I'm, I'm not from <laughs> around here. Uh, and much of this was driven out of the United States in, in the early stages of my career, where we were really focused in on large scale government and regulatory requests out of Washington, D.C. Um, we wanted to see how that played out in Europe and, and, uh, and moved over to, to work with, with, with a similar team out of the office in, in Brussels, Belgium. Uh, and again, started to go down the road of how does data uh, help us on on the cases that we're working on in in the sort of corporate environment in in Europe, 
so a lot of competition related matters, a lot of mergers and acquisitions and behavioral <laughs> investigations. Uh, but again, with the same thread that how is data being used on, on these particular matters? Um, so, so, yep. so I was going to say, it's really interesting you say that because we have a lot of CEOs and leaders um, listening and watching us. And and they're they're thinking at of this from from the other side, which is you've you've got this great knowledge of data from an investigative point of view and understanding how it works in cases. How could a CEO use or a leader use this information or data strategically? Because now that you've got both sides of that view. Yeah, I mean, very good question, because I think it is the bane of, of most large organizations or small organizations. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, as I mentioned, almost everything we do has a has a digital footprint at, at this stage. Uh, and there are certain responsibilities and obligations that are attached to, to, to that data. Um, so, so, you know, oftentimes when I'm speaking with CEOs, when I'm advising on, on, reg, uh, on regulatory matters that, that are associated with, with corporate compliance and, and or investigation, a lot of the, the discussion is built around information governance. You know, how well do you know your data? Uh, and, and really that's the core of, of anything that we do from, from, from a legal perspective is, you know, I, I always call it a, an exercising, uh, an exercise in avoiding, I don't know answers. Uh, so <laughs> like uh, when, when corporates are, are trying to get, get to grips with, with their, with their digital environments, it's really boils down to that, you know, let's, let's avoid these, I don't know answers and really get a better understanding of what 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 proprietary information we hold, what information it, that, that is valuable within our organization, what information uh, has certain requirements and obligations built around them, whether it be privileged information uh, or personal information that needs to be touched upon, uh, as well as how does that information flow through the organization and get disposed of on the other end. All of that is a, a, a very important uh, and key element to, to any organization is really that that data life cycle within within the the four corners of of the building and and I think uh, from my perspective whenever I'm dealing with, with with corporate CEOs and they ask me what can I do better uh, in, in terms of dealing with data mm -hmm. my answer is always information governance how well do yeah. you know it everything else will take care of itself but just know your data so so how would they what would they do because obviously you can't get into it unless you're a small company you you won't be getting into your data you'll be relying on other people to do it for you so what what type of controls could could the ceo put in place above and beyond obviously the compliance elements what what how would you ask them to think about it or to view it well, I'm I'm actually one of the very few people that that have looked at the the GDPR and now the UK GDPR as a as a huge benefit to 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 the corporate environment. I mean, a, a, when it when it yeah. came into effect a few years ago, it was seen as a thorn in the side of almost every organization. Everyone was looking oh, yeah. at it as uh, you know almost a Y2K moment. The sky was falling. We need to prepare. <laughs> Uh, but I really saw it as 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 a true advantage to the corporation because for yeah. the first time budgets were being applied to a problem that was growing out of control. Uh, again, it goes back to information governance, um, but it really forced organizations to build teams around data, 
uh, and not just, hey, what's the next, next best toy that we can use, uh, more around, well, how do we control it? How do we identify liability? Uh, and how do we utilize it if we need it to, to, to take uh, advantage of, uh, of some of the information that, that we hold? Uh, and GDPR allowed us to do that. Most organizations of a certain size uh, developed a team uh, to, to sort of put this into to effect. Uh, data protection officers were hired with budgets to yeah. really create a, a roadmap for, for data within the organization. Uh, and then that allowed all the other aspects of it, whether it be legal, whether it be IT, whether it be any of the, the various uh, departments within an organization to then create their box uh, and their own, their, their own departmental environment that, that deals with the data. Uh, but at its core, uh, it really was an opportunity to organize it. And, and it really started with that, that whole, whole uh, data protection sort of arm at the very top. Yeah, it's great. It gave it like a common understanding that everybody, yeah. you know, you interpreted it in different ways, but you could understand what it was. So what are the, that there's one aspect that we know that compliance can be a good thing. Are there any hurdles that you've seen when dealing with data that, that you would kind of especially call out? Yeah, I mean, the sheer volume of it, uh, <laughs> it, it, it you know. The, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Stuffing I mean, all into GPT, that's what yeah. we should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that is that is the, the, the beginning and the end of the problem right there. It's There is so much of it, and we just don't know what to do with it. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's much more, much easier for an organization just to forget about it, because also it's very cheap to maintain it. You know, you can have a database with just millions and, and, and millions of documents in there and it costs you nothing just to hold it. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're also holding on to uh, decades worth of uh, a potential liability. Uh, and again, it goes back to, you know, avoiding those I don't know answers. What's in there? I don't know. You have a problem. Uh, so so really the, the, the root of, of issues that we find in, in, in sort of the digital world and in, in compliance and, and uh, data investigation, uh, it really is the volume. Um, you know, we're dealing with a haystack that is massive. Uh, so if we're looking for needles, it's going to be very difficult to find it in, in, in the volume that we're dealing. That must be quite interesting. I mean, what what sort of needles are you looking for that you're allowed to tell us? Um, that it's okay. Nobody will tell. Everybody who's listening won't tell anything, so it's perfectly safe. Yeah, I mean, it could it could be anything. I mean, it it could be at 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 a very rudimentary level. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it, we could go at the individual rights of uh, of certain employees who who just request their information back. Okay. Uh, they have that right. Uh, they're called subject access requests. Uh, and it really is a, an exercise in giving back uh, the information that that is uh, that, that that pertains to that individual. Um, now, saying okay, we're going to give you your data back is you know easily said, uh, but not so easily done when it's buried in in terabytes or petabytes or even volumes that that that, that can't even be spoken about in terms of sheer quantity without. Uh, digging a a rabbit hole that is that is endless. Um, so so really, it, you know that sort of information is is, is always sought after, uh, and we're always looking for novel solutions to get there faster and cheaper. 
Um, we've also got compliancy issues. Uh, you know, there are certain organizations, there are certain industries that are bound by uh, requirements, uh, you know, not necessarily tracking, but certain obligations within the organization to uh, be mindful of information that needs to be protected in some way, banking, uh, banking rules, secrecy yeah. rule, all of that, all of those e issues uh, need to need to be guardrailed uh, and and making it uh, and getting to that information and understanding where it is and and then moving it to its proper environment again requires uh, levels of technology and data interrogation to to get to those uh, comfort zones of of being compliant within sort of regulated industries. So that sounds quite tricky. You've got huge amounts of information. How are you using technology to? to to guide you or to to get into that have you been able to use any large language models or do you train models i mean what 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 sort of tools do you use to to help you find that needle in that haystack yeah i mean it, it's it's been an evolving uh industry for for quite some time but but we're entering into an age where we're really uh, provided with with many different tools and, and technologies that allow us to be a bit more creative in, in our approach to digital investigation. Um, you know, one of the areas that, that that I didn't mention on top of compliance is is sort of the regulatory requests yeah. that that organizations are often presented with, uh, and oftentimes uh, you don't know what they're looking for. Uh, and in essence, you're you're being asked very difficult questions on on subject matters that that really have no answers at that stage. Um, so it becomes an exercise in finding something, not getting everything. And we use technology to gain insights into the data that that we hold. Um, so a lot of what we do in the in the interrogation space, uh, and what I do as a as a as an advisor on these types of matters is use a combination of uh, the technologies available coupled with sort of goal-oriented um, sort of investigative uh, analysis, almost a, a, a sociological experiment. What would a person do in these types of situations? Nice. Um, and, and really marrying that up. So we have anything from search term analysis, which is probably the most rudimentary technology that we're using, straight through to uh, what we call technology-assisted review, uh, which comes in a few flavors, but but continuous active learning, which is a ma machine learning environment uh, that really uh, takes an exponential uh, approach in terms of taking a subject matter expert and allowing that individual to train systems to find what, what it is that we're looking for. Um, and of course, there there is uh, AI, AI elements that are coming to market. Uh, over the last year, it'd be remiss not to mention that. Uh, but again, those are early days. I would say that they're not highly utilized at this stage. But uh, you know, everyone watched that space because uh, it, it will be coming to us pretty quick. Well, so, so you've got this multi-billion-piece jigsaw puzzle that you have to put together and say, find the part of the puzzle that looks like this. I mean, that must be. It sounds like an obvious. Um, place to use something like um, like AI, but there again, you're the people who need to make sure that the guardrails and the training is safe on AI. So that must be so frustrating, knowing that you have this tool. But is it safe? Is it? Are you going to um, like bleed out some information and accidentally move that into the the model or into into a, a model elsewhere? I mean, how do you even? 
start to figure out what's safe? Well, I, I think it takes us back 10 years when we first started dealing with predictive coding and, and uh, continuous active learning. So these were technologies where we put a lot of trust in technology to do the work of the individual. Um, now, it wasn't true AI in the sense that, you know, it wasn't it wasn't coming up with anything novel. It was basically taking uh, the subject matter expert and putting him or her on steroids. Uh, you know, how do I make you one person uh, into 100 people doing that one job? Um, but it is a, a machine learning type of uh, environment where the system is reliant upon the, the human. Um, we're now moving into an age where where the human can can be taken out or or be, be become uh, less of a of a driver in the instance. But if I go back ten years when we first started utilizing machine learning, there was a lot of trial and error there. You know, there were the it depended on the type of data that you were after or that you were dealing with. Uh, it had uh, elements of understanding in terms of what your end goals were, and did that did, did that technology assisted review. Uh, have the right content to get you to that endpoint in a in a strategic way, uh, and I would say in the in the early uh, days of uh, of Tar, um, there was a there was a lot of mistakes made made, uh, and and we over the last ten years have really start to started to hone in on where the advantages are, where is this technology best placed. Um, it became a situation where. Uh, advisors like myself and consultants like myself no longer relied on a a, a signal a single avenue of interrogation. We were now dealing with with multiple technologies and multiple tools that if we used them uh, in one way on a certain type of matter with 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 certain data that was available to us, we would get there faster and cheaper. With AI, we're at the early stages of that same trial and error scenario. You know, some things are going to work extremely well. Uh, other things are going to fall flat. Uh, it all depends on on your data uh, and the source data that you're dealing with and how it's being utilized and what you're trying to achieve out of it. Um, but make no mistake, I, I do believe that uh, we're, we're moving into an era where uh, actually too much data is a benefit. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're currently currently sitting at a point where where we, we look at too much data and say, oh, this is impossible. How do I get to the end of it? Uh, and with AI, the, the conversation changes a little bit. More data means more insights, more understanding. It gets us to the evidence that we need quicker and cheaper. Uh, so, so again, I think there is a, a sea change coming, but it's not tomorrow. Uh, it will be over the course of the, the next few months or years uh, where we start to, to test drive and, and kick the tires a little bit to, to find the best use cases. This sounds really exciting. I mean, I mean, it sounds like you get to, to to understand and to see a whole bunch of new systems, a whole bunch of new technologies. How do you keep up? How do you make sure you're always on the cutting edge of knowing using the right tool or knowing what tool not to use? Well, I mean, I think like like, like any industry and like any profession, you you always have to have uh, you know one eye on what everybody else is doing. You've got to have uh, another eye on what what. Uh, you know what programmers and and, and uh, you know where the the next great idea is coming. Um, I think it also requires a, a certain level of apprehension uh, and and a, a keen insight into questioning everything. Um, first, uh, you know, if we are advisors and we are being brought in on on very important matters, 
again, whether it's internal or, or part of a larger investigation, uh, we want to make sure that we're using the best technology for that that particular uh, instance. Uh, it doesn't mean that we we always do the same. Th if, if I was doing the same thing I did 10 years ago, I wouldn't be here right now uh, because <laughs> uh, essentially technology is a continuous uh, expansion of uh, of the building blocks that came before it. Uh, and we're we're now presented with not just a building block, but a but a huge leap forward. Um, so I think it's just adding another tool uh, into our, our, our toolbox. I think that it's going to create other technologies and other tools that will help build upon that. Uh, but again, it, it really boils down to understanding what it is that you're after in the first place and then making sure that the technology is suited to, to, to get you to that, that finish line. Um, but <laughs> it, it is, it's just a, a being constantly aware. And then there's the regulatory side to it as well, which is, is that allowed? Are we allowed to look at it in this way? Is there personal information or or privacy issues that we need to uh, to, to control and and be mindful of? So so again, there's many levels, but uh, it keeps us interested and it keeps me excited. So I like. <laughs> I love that. So our leaders, who, um, what advice would you give to them when thinking about data? Um, what how would they, any advice that you would give based on your years of experience? So I think, uh, I think one of the biggest hurdles I have as, as, a, as a consultant and an advisor is, is really uh, making sure or, or building that trust on the part of the client that, that technology is, is here to help, not to, to hurt. I think there is a natural inclination for, for most people that if they don't understand something or they're not familiar with a particular uh, avenue or, or or technology, that 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 it's something you don't really want to mess with at, at that stage. You, you know, the fear of the unknown. Um, I think that is the the core of uh, of what I do as a consultant. It's to to provide the the pros and cons of of various avenues of interrogation. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, it's about uh, handing over the information necessary to make the tough decisions going forward uh, when dealing with with, with data. Um, so my recommendation for for, uh, you know, corporate leaders and, and CEOs when sort of going down the road of, of potentially having to look at large volumes of yeah. data, uh, it's it's to not be too scared of the new uh in, in particular if if uh, there are an abundance of, of technologies out there that that you've not experienced before um the reality is is that we're presented with an impossible task we have too much information to get through and ultimately you're going to have to rely on some level of technology uh to get you from a to b uh and there's not always uh, a clear path to 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 that uh end goal um, so really, it's about working with, with, with trusted partners, uh, people who are in the industry that, that really have used these tools on, on various matters uh, and really can, can provide that level of comfort and, and, and that sort of pros and cons analysis to, to the corporate CEO uh, so they are comfortable in the decision that they make. Uh, but it is, it's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I think that is, that is probably the most difficult part of this job is to really showcase the 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 road forward and and really try and hope that that that's the the road we take uh when you're dealing with a driver who's never been there before 
and 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 really it, it it's built out of trust it's built out of experience and and a a collaborative approach to data and, and one of the big questions i know a lot of our leaders are asking now is um can i use um ai is it safe to use ai um what what would you say to them um, I would say that, you know, if you're going to, you know, turn over all your systems to an AI tool tomorrow, I would probably say, Ooh, hold on a little minute, you know, <laughs> you, you don't want to throw all your eggs in one basket. Uh, but at the same time, I think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we're, we're at a point right now where uh, we can test these things out and really start to see where 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 things bend or break or 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 how they work and where the advantages lie. Um, you, you know, if if the the digital house is in its proper place, if information governance from you know the very mm -hmm. beginning of our conversation is is providing solid information and and strong data points. Um, you, you know, why not use that to to your advantage? Why not utilize new technologies to to see where uh, advantages lie, and and it can be found in in some of the most mundane places, you, you know, in terms of uh, creating efficiencies within organizations just on data points alone. Uh, you know, how often do you open that door and release air conditioning? You know, all of those, uh, you know, all of those little points that can be, uh, you know, automated through an AI system uh, can create benefits. Um, whether or not it's worth the investment, I mean, that's a, a very diff different analysis. Uh, but I do encourage everyone to start looking at their data uh, as a tool to potential benefits and, uh, and really try and figure out ways to use the new technologies that are coming on board uh, in creative ways that will help, uh, you know, increase those benefits and advantages. No, I, I have the feeling you are going to be inundated um, with people going, well, we're looking at rolling out this project and it's an AI, so it's a large language model or multimodal in some way. We just want to make sure that we're A, not breaking any compliance laws, no regulation, um, no um, issues from a um, GDPR perspective. And because there's so many opportunities, I'm, I'm sure that getting it right first time means that you just got to just go out and do it but you have to be very careful to make sure you're not breaking any laws in the process is, is that fair to say absolutely and, and and you know in the in europe in particular where uh you, you know data protection is is a, a core and fundamental right within within organizations and individuals uh you know companies like like mine uh you know data processors are charged with um not necessarily protecting that data, but raising flags when we're, when we're presented with uh, information that might be going awry. We, yeah. we we have a responsibility to inform data controllers that you know this is uh, you know a potential issue, and and we're we're held jointly and severally liable for 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 those types of uh, the, those types of breaches. Um, so everyone in the industry has to be very clear as to what can and cannot be done uh, with data. Now, at the end of the day, you know, it's for the lawyers to sort of tread across the, the advisory road of, uh, of what, what is right and wrong uh, for, for their corporate clients. Um, but certainly uh, data investigators like myself work very closely with those lawyers to make sure uh, that what their understanding is marries up with what we're doing. Uh, and 
and, and having that client uh, comfort that, that that their data is being held true to itself and, and that no one is doing anything that shouldn't be done with data uh, outside of the, the sort of regulatory guardrails that are, that, are, that are slowly coming into effect. Goodness, Dan, look, I could talk to you for hours. And, and, and um, thank you so much for today. I'd love to have you back to talk about another couple of things, especially with data and AI. Is that something you'd be able to do? Yeah, I am one of those very strange lawyers who loves to talk data. So, you know, data, you want to talk data, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Dan, thank you very much. And thank you, everybody. Um, this has been CR Reflex. Thank you. Thank you.